Welcome to Hear Play Audio Theatre. My name is Simon Jones. Three Wise Guys by Scott Allen Evans and Jeffrey Couchman, based on the short stories Dancing Dan's Christmas and The Three Wise Guys by Damon Runyon. Writer and humorist Damon Runyon is best known today as the source for Nathan Detroit, Miss Adelaide, Sky Masterson, and the other indelible characters of the musical Guys and Dolls. In his own time, however, Runyon was legendary as a colourful sports writer and feature columnist for the Hearst newspapers. He was also a prolific poet and well-loved author of short fiction, even before he wrote the stylish tales of those Broadway Guys and Dolls that brought him lasting fame and considerable fortune. Much of this admiration comes from a writing style so distinctive that his name has become a common adjective, Runyon-esque, which refers both to a character on the fringes of respectable society, who nevertheless lives by a strict code of outlaw honour, and to a distinctive and colourful argo. Words and phrases such as Beza, croaker, small potatoes, take a run-out powder, put one's checks back in the rack, are but a few examples. Runyon's work is still in print the world over and lives on as well in the many films made from his stories, including such classics as Frank Capra's Lady for a Day, based on Runyon's touching Madame La Gimp, and Little Miss Marker, starring Shirley Temple as Runyon's diminutive charmer. Joining this illustrious line of Runyon adaptations, Three Wise Guys brings together two of Runyon's most charming stories, Dancing Dan's Christmas and The Three Wise Guys, both of which take place on Christmas Eve. It's 1932 in New York City. The Depression is still with us and times are hard. On top of that, prohibition is still in force, so one can't even drown one's sorrows. Well, not legally, of course. It's no wonder, with employment opportunities so scarce, that some look to other activities to make ends meet. Bootlegging, gambling, racketeering and petty crimes are among the more popular options. But none of these are easy and certainly have their risks. So for some, the holiday season doesn't look too bright. We hope you enjoy Three Wise Guys. Now one time it comes to pass that a bright star is shining high in the sky. This is not so unusual as it is the time of Christmas when stars here and there are known to shine in a wondrous way. In fact, it is the very eve of Christmas in the little burg called New York City. The year is 1932, which as we all know was an interesting time in one way and another. It is just before the shops are about to close and in the hustle and bustle of making their last minute holiday purchases, very few citizens look up to notice a star shining down from on high. Nonetheless, there it shines when on the corner of 47th and Broadway, the door of Shapiro's fine jewelry swings open and a man clutching a small bundle slips out. With a quick light step and a spin and a glide, he disappears into the crowd of scurrying shoppers. 
This situation causes no little excitement along Broadway. Hey, what happened? Who's that? What's going on? Hey, it's Shapiro! Police! Which way did he go? Which way did he go? you see that? That way! He's over there! Hey, did they get him? Which way did he go? There he goes! There he goes! This is not good. Sometime later on this cold and frosty Christmas Eve, good time Charlie Bernstein is alone in his little speakeasy on West 49th Street, straightening a chair or two, because good time Charlie always likes a tidy establishment. He is not alone for long. Blondie Swanson. Hello, Charlie. Right on time. By my watch, five minutes late. But I stopped to talk with the Dutchman. Ah, I hear he has been in Chicago. Well, then the Windy City blows him no good. What he needs at this moment is hot Tom and Jerry. This is all anyone needs. Of course, two G's would also help. Have a seat. Tom is ready and waiting for Jerry. Ah, my heart goes out to all and sundry who fall on hard days. But I'm a most fortunate man. This has been a busy season. I hope and trust that business is thriving with you, Blondie. I have no business. I retire from business. What? If J. Pierpont Morgan or John D. Rockefeller step up and tell me they retire from business, I will not be more astonished. Thousands of citizens depend on Blondie Swanson for their merchandise. Why do you get this notion? Well, I retire from business because I consider myself 100% American citizen. In fact, I am a patriot. One year, I even pay an income tax. Then as a patriot, it is your duty to save the thirsty people of this great but exceedingly dry nation. Nah, I am a booty for a long time, but I can see into the future. And I can see that one of these days they are going to repeal this prohibition law. And then it will be most unpatriotic to bring in wet goods from foreign parts. So, I retire. Well, Blondie, your sentiments certainly do you credit. If we have more citizens as high-minded as you are, this will be a better country. Furthermore, Charlie, there's no money in booting anymore. All the booties in this country are broke. I am broke myself. It is hard times. I just lose the last piece of property I own in this world, which is the 25G home I build in Atlantic City, figuring to spend the rest of my days there with... <laughs> Miss Clarabel Cobb. I always consider Miss Clarabel Cobb a most pleasant doll. Even if she does take a run-out powder on you. If I only listened to Miss Clarabel Cobb six years ago... Christmas Eve, I watch you read the letter right here at this very table. Six years ago this night, I get this letter. Dear Blondie, by the time you read this, I will be on a bus back to Akron, Ohio. I still love you. But though you have said again and again that you will get out of the rum business, you never keep your promise. I can only think that you care more for your business than you do for me. I will marry you if you are out of the rum business and do not have a dime. But I can never marry you as long as you are dealing in the demon rum. It is not good. It is not nice. Besides, it is illegal. I will spend this Christmas and the years to come in the bosom of my loving family. I am sick and tired for Broadway anyhow. It was fun while it lasted. Sure, it was glamorous, dancing in Mr. Georgie White's scandals, and I met many wonderful girls, but the glamour is no more, and it is time for me to go home. Someday, 
when you are really through with the terrible traffic you are engaged in, come to me, your ever-loving Clarabelle. A most pleasant doll. And now that you retire, perhaps you and Miss Clarabelle Cobb can get back together. Now, I hear she marries some legitimate guy in Akron, Ohio. Still, I say it as a false lie about the demon rum, because you never handle a drop of rum in your life, but only scotch. Santa Claus wants in. That is the Dutchman. He makes a few potatoes, pretending to be a jolly Santa. Three more times! Not once, three more times I have to walk around the block with this thing on my back. Mo can take this sign and- Turn around, let me see. Mo Lewinsky's apparel. A good fit at a fitting price. Buy at Moe's. I am done with this Santa Claus racket. It is strictly for suckers. Since when are you touting for Moe Lewinsky? Since Lightning Streak does me no good in the third at Aqueduct, and little Gringo calls in my marker for two Gs. Mm, this is sad news. Yes, little Gringo is most impatient when it comes to markers. He is generous with me because it is Christmas time. He gives me until tomorrow. You could use a hot Tom and Jerry. What Mo pays me does not even put a small dent in my marker. How do people work for a living? You know, Charlie, if I only listen to Miss Clarabelle Cobb, I will now be an honest clerk in a gent's furnishing store. I am ready to take plenty of outdoors on this old berg. Get down to sunny Florida. Maybe we'd have a cute little apartment up around 110th Street and kitties running all around and about. But that does not mean some prank like the one at Shapiro's fine jewelry. I have felt plenty of that heat. I am too old for heat. To the end of heat. I do not even have to look. Dancing Dan! Merry Christmas to you, good time, Charlie! Ah, hey, and what is in this little bundle of yours? A little something for the holiday? A little something for Miss Muriel O'Neill. You are still seeing her? Every dance I can get. Does Heine Schmitz know this? I hear he has his eye on Miss Muriel O'Neill. Yeah. And Heine Schmitz is not such a guy as will take kindly to anybody dancing more than once and a half with a doll he has his eye on. Ha ha. Heine Schmitz has plenty of other dolls he can ogle, not to mention the wife. All I can say, Dancing Dan, is you are a very brave man. And here is Hot Tom and Jerry to boost your courage. The Dutchman? They you? I hear you are in Florida. Trying to get there, Dancing Dan. Trying to get there. Say, Charlie, am I in time for the reciting of the letter? Uh, Miss Clarabelle Cobb has come and gone. Well, as always next Christmas Eve. Here you are, Dancing Dan. Ah, Christmas in a cup. Here's to the happiest of seasons, hmm? <laughs> you are always the most carefree guy I know. What with you dancing around all the night and day? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had such a carefree life. It is all in how you approach things. I hear you have a most interesting approach. I have not been collared yet. Say, Dutchman, that is a handsome Santa Claus suit. It is hot and it does not fit. Yes, I would say it is more my size. You know, I always think I would make a good Santa Claus. One of those jolly St. Nick's that hands out gifts at an orphanage or an old doll's home. You can have it. Ho, ho, ho. No, I am serious. What are you doing? I cannot take your Santa suit. It is not my Santa suit. Take it. Are you sure? You can have no idea how sure I am. This is a kind gesture, Dutchman, but... I on. insist. Here. Yeah, all right. If you say so. Thank you. I am curious to try it on. Knock yourself out. Just get it back to Molowinski and make sure it has fleas. Yeah, I always wonder about Santa Claus. The breaking and entering. No. 
He slides down a chimbley. Into the peaceful homes of sleeping citizens. He sounds like a second story man. I for one am done with Santa Claus. He does not take any items from the sleeping citizens. He stuffs their stockings with goodies. Ah, this is a clever front. Ah. Hey, do not let Miss Muriel O'Neill's grandmama hear you say these things. Gammer O'Neill? I'm surprised to hear this old dame is still kicking. Gammer O'Neill's going on 90-odd. 90-odd? That's something. But she cannot hold out much longer, what with one thing and another, including being a little childish in spots. Gamma, honey, I'm heading out to the club now. Do you need any... Um... What is this? What is what, Muriel? This looks to me like milk and cookies. Oh, that... Are they for you? Well, no, uh, not exactly. Gamma, honey, Santa doesn't need you to... Yes, he does, Muriel. Because this will be the year Santa finally fills my stocking full of really beautiful gifts. I just know it. Okay, sweetie. Just remember. Remember what? What should I remember? Nothing. What did he say? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Who knows? This might just be the year. That's right. I wrote him such a nice letter. You wrote a lovely letter. Like you always do. This might just be the year. Yes, of course. Now you get back into bed and rest, darling. Does Santa Claus never deliver? He never does. Though every year Miss Muriel O'Neill personally takes a few gifts home and pops them into the stocking to make Gamera O'Neill feel better. I always say Miss Muriel O'Neill is a most pleasant doll. Yeah, the suit is a perfect fit. How do I look? You are ready for your first break-in. You look more like Santa Claus than Santa Claus. <laughs> How about some holiday music? Who knows a Christmas carol? I thought you were done with Santa Claus. Well, he can go jump in the lake. Huh? Not you dancing, Dan. The real guy. But I like music. This is not a Christmas song. Here is one Miss Clarabelle Cobb always enjoys. <sighs> Will you love me in December as you do in May? Yes, that is a good old carol. Will, Will you, you love, love me in that good old-fashioned old way? Old-fashioned way! When my hair has all turned gray, Will you kiss me then and say That you love me in December as you do in May? That you love me in December as you do in May. Ah, someone's at the door. It's Heine Schmitz. Heine Schmidt? What's he doing over Heine. here? Wait, give me the beard. Shh. Give me the beard. Okay? Let him in. Heine Schmitz. The last time I see you was at Big Brandy's funeral. <laughs> A Merry Christmas. Personally, I consider Christmas an overrated holiday. Any party that says otherwise can come speak to me. You'll get no argument from me, Heine. The Dutchman. I hear you was in college down south. Well, I am here now. What is your pleasure, Heine? I am serving Hot Tom and Jerry for this festive... for no reason at all. If you'd like to join us in a glass of something? What do you say? This is what I say. Okay. What brings you to the west side, Heine? <laughs> you will find this an interesting story. I am in the neighborhood to visit my brother-in-law and to throw some business his way because I am in the market for a little bangle. 
My brother-in-law is Joseph Shapiro of Shapiro's Fine Jewelry. I once buy a ring there myself, a very fine establishment. <laughs> you always have good taste, Blondie. Oh, that's nice. There is an unfortunate occurrence at Shapiro's store today. An unknown individual enters illegally upon the premises and knocks the joint off. This is sad news indeed. Yes, very sad news. I must now find another establishment where to make my purchase. But I figure as I am in the neighborhood, I think to look up an old acquaintance or two. I come here in the hope I see Dancing Dan. I have a proposition of great interest for him. Do any of you know where I will find Dancing Dan? I do not see him all day. No. And what about you, Santa Claus? Oh, this is my cousin from Sweden. I am busy showing him around the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not speak English. No, no, no. But he is an old hand at playing St. Nick back oh. home. <laughs> we are on our way to hand out gifts at an old doll's home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Quiet. He is not right in the noggin. Nope, nope. It's nope. a sad story. <laughs> yeah, well, I am most eager to talk with Dancing Dan. I have not heard of Dancing Dan for quite some time. He's probably off on a Christmas holiday with Miss Muriel. With who? I don't know. Miss Muriel O'Neill? You think Miss Muriel O'Neill would go on a Christmas holiday with Dancing Dan? Do you? What do I know, Heine? That's right. What do you know? Miss Muriel O'Neill has better things to do and better people than Dancing Dan with whom to do them with. Do you understand me? Besides, she wakes this afternoon at the Half Moon Club. How do I know this? Because I already go to the club and speak with her. She does not see Dancing Dan all day either. But I will find him. And when I do... Such a Enjoy your hot time and jeer. Say, <clears throat> Charlie, how about another one of those delicious hot Tom and Jairs, huh? Yeah, whatever you say, Dancing Dan. Anyone for another song? This is not good. You know, my old can is parked on 53rd Street. A nice drive might be just the thing on a fine night like this. A car ride can be most pleasant. I remember you have an uncle lives in New Brunswick. I'm with him not so long ago, but to tell you the truth, my uncle makes it clear that I overstay my welcome. So New Brunswick is out. Ah. But I do know a place over in Pennsylvania. I've been thinking of going back there myself. I never see Pennsylvania. I hear it is fine open country. With many scenic views. Yes, a nice drive on a fine night could be just the thing. So, what do you say? Why not? Blondie, you are welcome to join us. That's right. Blondie, you will want to walk out with your cousin from Sweden in case anyone cares to watch Good Time Charlie's door. If I stay here or take a ride, it is still the same old Christmas Eve. One for the road, gentlemen. Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> Merry so Christmas. The road ahead. Uh, this is my party tonight, Charlie. I will settle up with you in the new year. I know you will be good for it, Dancing Dan. Next time, it is on me. Good Time Charlie, why do you not close up the joint and come with us? You are always good company. I wish I could. But tonight of all nights, I must keep the doors open and provide what holiday comfort I can to those in need. It is sure to be one of the biggest regrets in my life that I am unable to accompany you on this adventure. At least let me send you off with a little Tom and Jerry for your merry jaunt. This is most kind of you, Charlie. Yes, thank you. Gentlemen, shall we? I have a small package to deliver before we head to PA. 
It will not take long. Minutes later, through the hubbub of the holiday crowds, the Dutchman Blondie Swanson and Dancing Dan, in his Santa suit, make their way up to West 53rd Street. The sidewalk is bustling with pedestrians and the street alive with much traffic. But our three guys are at a standstill before an obviously empty parking space. You are sure? Yes, this is right where I parked it. It was an old can. Who would want it? I am wondering... Santa Claus can break into citizens' houses on Christmas Eve. He does not break in. Well, he is allowed to go in through the chimney. I am thinking it is also on the up and up for Santa to take any automobile he happens to find unoccupied on Christmas Eve. It will be hard to convince a judge. I say, hello there! Hello! Excuse me! Oh, thank goodness I found you. Providence, pure Providence, my Santa at last. Set this to music, friend. Oh, no, 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 please. Wait, I must have a Santa. I need a Santa. The situation is really quite dire. Hey, watch it with all them bags, buddy. Oh, no, 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 wait. I, I wish to hire you to be Santa, you see? Yeah, thanks, pal, but we got other plans. Oh, no, 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 no. I will double whatever you've been offered. I will treble it. My employer, Mrs. Albright, will treble it. Albright? Of the Long Island Albrights? Oh, you know her. I know of her. Ah, well, yes, you see tonight is her annual Christmas party. At the place in Great Neck? Yes, yes, in Great Neck, yes, precisely. This party is the pinnacle of the social season in Great Neck. No, let us say all of Long Island. It will be attended by the most powerful and influential of the elite. So you say. Yes, I do. And this year, out of the goodness of her heart, Mrs. Albright has invited young people from the Whitley School for Wayward Boys, for whom she's intent on bestowing a bit of Christmas cheer. So you see how important you are. I mean, Santa, we can't let the boys down. No, 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 we simply can't. But we must leave now. The party begins. Oh my, within the hour. Hold on a minute there, Jeeves. How does it come about that such a swell holiday bash is planned with no Santa Claus for the little children? Oh, Santa was planned. I hired him myself. Uh, forgive me, my name is Merton. I hired a friend of mine, Rufus Holloway. I went so far as to give him money to buy gifts for the unfortunate boys, but the fellow betrayed me. He'd lost most of the money on a racing track bet. This is not an uncommon situation. Yes, but then he drank up what was left. I cannot in good conscience have a drunken Santa around impressionable children. No, this sets a bad example and does harm to the reputation of Santa Claus. And what is worse, my former friend lost the money while betting on a hunch. A hunch! How could one ever bet on a hunch? I have a hunch he's not the first. Do you have a system for the ponies? Uh, quite an infallible one, actually. Are you interested in the equestrian arts? I've been known to wager a buck or two in the past, if that's what you mean. Well, I would be more than delighted to share any and all knowledge about my system with you after the party. Time is of the essence. Please, gentlemen, Mrs. Albright knows nothing of all these little difficulties. She's unaware that I slipped out to buy all of these gifts and to find a Santa Claus. I have been in and out of every department store in the city and the Salvation Army. You, I fear, are my last hope. Uh, give us a minute. He seems like a right G. How is it you know about these Albrights and their house? In my younger days, I'm acquainted with some of the swanky homes on Long Island on account of I make quite a good thing of knocking off safes in these swanky homes. This Albright guy makes a killing in corsets or something. And his wife is no slouch either. They say her family come over on the Mayflower. She knows many influential citizens. Her friend, Judge Thrasher, once gives me a year's stretch in the sneezer. Hey, you can make a few good bobs at this brawl dancing, Dan. Sure, but money will only give you car fare back to Manhattan, and Manhattan is where you do not want to be back to. 
What we need right now is a car. We gotta get the PA. We gotta. Merton, I'm your Santa Claus. Oh, thank goodness. With the following conditions. Oh? First, Blondie Swanson and the Dutchman here are my elves. Elves? Santa has elves. This is common knowledge. They're part of the package. Fine. Bring the elves. The more the merrier, I say. Second, in payment, we want to borrow a car. A car? Yes, a car for a day, maybe three, a week tops. Nothing fancy. Any car will do. Uh, all right. All right. As you wish, I will get you a car. Uh, do we have a deal? It is a deal. Lead the way, Merton. Ah! Uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you. You won't regret it, I assure you. This way, the car's parked just around the corner. Oh, I have one quick errand. Oh, no, no, to no, run no, no, before. quite impossible. We have no time. No time. I guess we run no errands. We now find ourselves in a very handsome Buick town car, hurtling down a highway at breakneck speed with Merton at the wheel. The Dutchman rides shotgun, dance and Dan, and Blondie Swanson are in the back. Wrapping paper and ribbon are strewn about the car as the three guys hastily wrap the many Christmas presents Merton has purchased for the Wayward Boys. How many more presents we got? Plenty. Looks like he buys out Macy's. You know, Merton, when I buy Miss Muriel O'Neill a trinket here and there, I always have the store wrap the item. Hand me the tape, Blondie. On Christmas Eve, the lines for gift wrapping stretch out the door. Swiftly, gentlemen, we are in the home stretch. Oh, pass me the paper with the snowman. This is a nice car. Is this your car, Merton? <laughs> this was one of Mr. Albright's. Was? Is Mr. Albright no longer with us? Well, he is no longer with Mrs. Albright. Does he take a run-out powder on her? Ah, uh, um, no, actually. She became impatient with his extramarital activities, and she sent him packing. Oh, still, it is a nice car. Dan, oh, forgive me, dancing Dan, may I suggest folding the edges of the paper before taping them down? This is the new modern style of wrapping, Merton. I am what Miss Muriel O'Neill calls a trendsetter. Ah, yes, well, you might try. <laughs> Let's keep our eyes on the road there. I will take the instruction to heart. You're not from around here, are you? Oh, no, Mr. the Dutchman. I am a reluctant transplant from Great Britain. A long way from home. Mm, indeed. How long you been in the U.S. of A? Uh, just a few months, actually. And you land such a good job so fast. Uh, well, uh, my brother arranged it in his way. I got three brothers. They once arranged to get me out of the slammer. Mm. Oh. Well, my brother was living here, and he suggested I come to America. You see, things were a bit complicated for me at the time back home, and I wrote to my brother for um, advice. No, Merton, I will not send you any more money. I'm dismayed to hear yet again that matters have become so desperate for you. How can you be so irresponsible? Gambling. Really, it won't do. I have secured you a position here on Long Island, at the home where I am employed. You will give up the foolish life you have been leading and return to the honorable profession that our family has followed for generations. Service. Need I remind you? Your great, 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 great grandfather. We are approaching the house! So soon? You really clipped along. Yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute. We are not yet done with the wrapping. We must finish inside. Pack everything up. Where are the scissors? Okay, hang on there. Give me a minute. You want all the stuff in the house? Where are the scissors? Yes, of course, it all must come in. Where are the scissors? I don't know. Time, gentlemen, time. Madam is sure to be wondering where I've been. Come, come, come to the party! Gathering up the presents for the wayward boys and all the wrapping paper and ribbons, our guys scramble out of the car and hurry to follow Martin into the Albright Mansion, where the party has already begun.
End of episode one. You've been listening to Three Wise Guys by Scott Allen Evans and Jeffrey Couchman. Presented by Hear Play Audio Theatre. Hear Play offers its work free of charge. But if you can make a donation of any amount, we'd be most grateful. All proceeds go to pay our talented company of artists for their time and artistry. To learn more about our work, and to join us with a contribution, please visit our website, www.hearplayaudiotheatre.com. Three Wise Guys cast includes Nora Chester, Joel De La Fuente, Jeffrey C. Hawkins, Carl Kensler, Jack Koenig, Victoria Mack, Ron McClary, John Plumpus, Jasmine Rush, and Dana Smith-Kroll. Stephen French is our narrator. The original music is by Joseph Trapanese. Produced, engineered, and sound designed by Daryl Bornstein. It was produced and directed by Scott Allen Evans. Thank you for listening and your support. I'm Simon Jones.